to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 47 of the Life Lessons Podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing really well. I'm so glad. I'm a little tired. Are you? It's hard having a patient at home. Oh, yeah. How's he doing? (laughs) How's Eric? Well... He's not sleeping well. He has a hard time getting comfortable, and he has to wear a sling, like, constantly. He's not supposed to take the sling off at all, Ah. and he keeps waking up and his sling's off. Oh. You know, he's a sleepwalker, sleep eater, sleep, so Lord knows what he does while he's sleeping. (laughs) You just will never know. (laughs) So then he wakes up in pain because he's been in some weird position he should not be in with his sling off, and... Oh, gosh. Well. So, anyway, he's sleeping right now because he was up all night. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) Poor Sherry. I know. I'm supposed to work the next two evenings, and I'm like, on one hand, I'm exhausted, I don't want to. On the other hand, I'm like, Maybe you can rest at work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I will tell you, we have dealt with our flea problem. I mentioned that last time. Oh, good. Hadn't seen any more fleas, so that was good. glad you're flea-free. Flea-free. We used a natural flea spray that seems to have worked really, really well. So Good. I know. I can't believe it. So that was a shock. But can I share a tiny good news story, even though this won't be our official good news story? Sure. It was just I got some good customer service, and it was tiny, and it was it was our recycling guys, the guys that come and pick up, you know, your trash and your recycling. Mm-hmm. Chad had taken down the trash bin, but not the recycling bin. And they, we get two different trucks. Do y'all have? Oh, wait. This is an update. You didn't have recycling in Augusta last I knew. Oh, well, no. We have recy- We have recycling, but the word on the street is it's fake recycling. And they take it somewhere and put it all in the same place. I don't know if that's true. Oh. I mean, we have it. I have heard that that has come out in some cities. That's we heard. So we have, it might be fake recycling, but we're playing the game, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But so Chad didn't take it out. So it had some stuff in it, though. So I was outside checking the mail, and so I decided to pull in the regular trash can. So I'm pulling in the regular trash can, and I look down the street, and I notice the recycling guys are coming. There are two houses away. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pull out. We have a few things in it. It's not full, but they can go ahead and get it. So I pulled it down and put it at the curb and, you know, stepped back a few feet waiting for them to dump it. And then I was going to pull it up to the house. And the guy saw me standing there. And he, you know, they have the machine that does it. They pick it up. Does yours do that? It picked up the can and dumped it in the trash truck and then brought it back down. Then he, like, moved up a few feet. So he was right in front of our driveway. Then he used the little arms and he put it right in front of me. (laughs) That was so nice. And I felt so, like, that was, like, over and above. 
It was like he was handing it to me. The trash truck handed me my recycling bin. And I was like, thank you, and pulled it up to the house. So we don't have recycling? Okay. Not even fake recycling? No. mm -mm. We don't. Yeah, no. Now, we have, like, a big bin up by City Hall, and you can take plastic and cardboard Mm -hmm. up there. So I do try to do that. But I don't know why my family has so much trash, but I feel like we do. It's not as bad now that the kids aren't here all the time. Right. But some weeks I've had more trash than others. I don't know, probably cleaning out cabinets or Lord knows what. And I, my trash can was overflowing, but I had other stuff that I wanted to go. And so when I heard the trash truck came, I like ran out in the driveway with more trash and I waited to he emptied my bin and he set it down. And then I like added more trash to the can <laughs> real quick. Did he dump it again? He, he did. He picked it up for me Good. again. <laughs> That was great. <laughs> He's like this crazy lady. I know. But I felt so special. Like he took that extra step to like hand me my trash from the truck. The truck handed it to me anyway. Oh, technology. It doesn't take much to make me happy. No. And I feel like customer service is so, I would say hit and miss, but lately it feels more miss. <laughs> so when I feel like when somebody does make a ex- little extra effort or tries a little bit extra harder, we notice it more I right appreciate now. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, today we have an official good news story. One of our listeners, Christy, sent it to me. She said, I want to give a shout out to Sincerely Susan in Lenexa, Kansas. It's a hidden gem outside Kansas City. I am the stepmom of the bride for an October wedding, and I was needing to find a dress. The mother of the groom had told me about Sincerely Susan and that she was going to check it out and let me know what she thought. She loved it so much that she sent me a text during her appointment, urging me to make my own appointment and to specifically ask for Michelle. I made my appointment and found an amazing dress. Michelle was so fun and helpful. This store is appointment only, and you get one and a half hours of one-on-one time with a stylist. She asks several questions about color, style, preference, and then takes into account your body frame and what might work best for you. And then she goes through the racks and racks of dresses. Their website says they have over 7,000 name brand gowns. And she brought me about 10 to try on. I loved not having to go searching through the racks myself. I narrowed it down to three dresses, sent pictures to my husband, two daughters, and a couple of friends, and they all chose the same dress. I was in and out of the store in less than an hour, and I never felt rushed or hurried. Sincerely, Susan caters towards mothers of the bride or groom, and also for formal events or fancier work attire. They do not sell bridal gowns. They carry sizes 0 to 26 Prices range from $59.99 to $299.99. They sell nothing over $300. So if you need a fancy or formal outfit from a short dress, jumpsuit, or a fancy gown, take the time to call Sincerely Susan and set up an appointment. I will be a return customer anytime I need such a service in the future. Well, that sounds like great customer service. Yeah. So I know we have a bunch of Kansas City-based listeners. Awesome. So take note of that. that. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Somebody else picking things for you to try on. (laughs) Yes. I love to shop, but it's gotten harder lately to find anything in the stores. I've always been shopping challenged. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. I'm not up in the know. Like, I don't don't pay attention to what the current fashion trends are. I always just wear what's comfortable. I think I don't like the current fashion trends. That's the problem. So I've always been the one that took a girlfriend shopping with me. If I had an right. event, I was like, I yeah. need a dress, come with me. And then I let them dress me. And that's good. Whatever they said, yeah, that one, I'd say, okay, and I'd buy it. 
I've been shopping with Cherry, everyone, and that is true. Yes, Jen picked out a pair of jeans for me. She said, yep, those are the ones. I said, That was the day that you were bleeding all over the fitting room. (laughs) What happened? I forgot. Why were you bleeding? I remember when I filleted my foot open with my butcher knife. Oh, yeah. You dropped it? I dropped a butcher knife. I was angrily chopping broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) I was mad at my husband. Yeah. And I was angrily chopping broccoli when I dropped my brand new, really sharp butcher knife and just oh, Lord. laid my foot open. Funny story. I went in and he went to bed and went to sleep. And I was so mad that I was so mad and he just went to sleep. Right. Been and so there. I snuck in the bedroom and I said, I cut my foot and I think I need to go to the hospital very softly. And he didn't <laughs> wake up. And so. <laughs> I wrapped a towel around my foot and drove myself to the hospital. Oh gosh! And then later he was like, "Why didn't you wake me up?" I said, "I tried." And you, I remember wake all up. that now. Now that you're telling it again. <laughs> Anyways, my foot took forever. I had the stitches taken out like the day before I went to Jen's house. Yeah, and they were like, "It's all good. Take your stitches out." No, it was not all good. My foot <laughs> they reopened in the to dressing room. <laughs> The entire week I was at her house. Luckily, somebody brought me some Steri strips and I closed it back up. They were very helpful. That was another good customer service. Where were we at? The Buckle Store in Augusta Uh, Mall? Is that where we were? Yes. Good customer service. Customer bleeding all over the place and they handled it like She was so gracious. She said the things they found in the dressing room that people did not report would really gross you out. So people don't do that in the dressing room. Like whatever. Apparently, my blood was like the least of her concerns. In that <laughs> well, and you told room. her, but apparently, people do all sorts of things in dressing rooms, which I would not have yes. guessed. But yes, people yeah. don't do that. Or if you do, you know, tell them. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe send them a text. Sure. Our friend Pacina was using Windex and a paper towel to yeah. clean my foot. Uh. <laughs> and the dressing room and the woman was like don't worry i'll clean it up and pacina's a dental hygienist and then there's me who works in healthcare, and we're like you are not touching my blood get out of here no we've got this we Anyways. handled this anyway that was a good memory even though i'm sorry that your foes <laughs> <laughs> but i still have those jeans today and they still fit and they look still amazing some good jeans this was 2019 in case anyone's wondering it's right yes. after we moved into our house 2019. Loved it. Such a good week. So listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today I'm going to talk to you about Beauty Counter. Maybe you guys are tired of hearing Jen and I talk about Beauty (laughs) Counter, but we will never get tired of talking about them. It really is so awesome. They have amazing products and I feel good about using them on my skin. And I just worked with a girl Saturday night. She works opposite me. She does my job when I'm not at work. But somebody was off and she helped fill in for his spot. So I worked with her and I hadn't seen her in probably a year or more. And she said, your skin looks amazing. What are you doing? So I had to tell her all about Beauty Counter and she's almost 60. So she's like, okay, I need all the help I can get. I'm gonna have to look into this. So, But uh, today I want to tell you about one of their new products. It was just released this past month and it's called Glow First Priming Serum. See, I haven't tried that yet. Well, you might want to. It is a multi-use serum. You can use it alone on no makeup days for an instant luminous glow. 
I have it on today. See, I don't have anything on today. Now, I got tan at the beach, so I haven't been putting it. I mean, you know, not like super tan, but for me. Yeah. I mean, you can see I don't have makeup on today. Yeah. Normally, normally, I do my whole face, but I did not today. It's a multi-use serum, so you can use it alone on your no makeup days for just an instant sort of luminous glow. Or you can use it as a primer under your foundation, and it just beautifully preps your skin and improves the wear of your foundation and makeup. It helps your foundation last for 12 hours. It has potent skin-smoothing ingredients, including jojoba and tripeptides for more hydrated, smoother, and more plump-appearing skin. And the best part about it, since it's Beauty Counter, you can use it knowing that it's free from dangerous chemicals and toxins that can be found in other similar products on the market. And it is WG verified. I did check it out when it was released. Visit beautycounter.com forward slash Sherry Bullock or lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash beauty counter to find out more. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have to try it now. Well, you know me. I have to try all the new stuff that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm sticking a rut. I'm just like, um, this is what I'm using, and then I use that forever. Yeah, well, I just feel like it's like when the eye, the lid cream came out. Like, I can't tell somebody if I like it if I haven't used it. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you something's wonderful if that's true. If I yeah. don't think it's wonderful. So, yeah. yep, that's me. I'm always that person has got to get the new, the new <laughs> thing. <laughs> so now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we're going to talk about must-read books, in particular, highly recommended fiction books. I think we can all think of a book that we loved, one that we still think of even years later with fondness. Maybe it's one you've read again and again. I know I have a couple. Jen, do you have an all-time favorite fiction book? No. I was say, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you that. The answer is no. And I actually, I looked at the prep document, so I knew you were going to ask me that. So I had time to think about it. And I couldn't, even though I had time, I couldn't because I have read so many thousands of books in my life that I can't pick one favorite. Like I've read so many books. I used to read like before Facebook, okay, before I started managing online communities in the summer, I would read one fiction book a day. Yeah. Like I would get up in the morning, I would read that book and I would finish it every day. I would read a new book. I would go and get stacks of books from the library. Then when, you know, e-readers came out, then when you could check out books from the library on your e-reader, oh my God, it was the best. So fast forward to today, I haven't read a lot of adult fiction in the past few years because I've been so busy with with all the work Mm -hmm. I've been doing, but I'm just now getting back into that. And so I've started dipping my toe into fiction again. So I am looking forward to hearing the recommendations from listeners. But, you know, to be honest, my favorite books of all times are children's books. Really? I know that doesn't surprise you coming from an elementary teacher. But when I was a kid, there were a lot of books that I read and reread. The Secret Garden, did you ever read that one? No. I loved that Mm -hmm. one. Oh, it was good. The Chronicles of Narnia, did you read those? Oh, I read them over and over and over again. All the Little House on the Prairie books. I did read read those. those. And I went to Laura Ingalls' house. It's in Missouri. Oh, I would love to go there. As a little girl, yep. Nancy Drew, did you read those? Oh, yes. And The Hobbit. I loved The Hobbit, although I never got into The Lord of the Rings. The Hobbit was enough. I tried to read Lord of the Rings, never could get through the beginning of the first one. I don't read anything fantasy. See, The Hobbit I liked and and had the runes in there, the little writing. I, like, decoded it, taught myself how to say it. I was such a weird <laughs> little girl. Anyway, but that's just the name of the few that I loved off the top of my head. You know, the best part of being a teacher was keeping up with children's literature. For example, the Harry Potter books. Nope. 
You didn't read those. You were too old to read those, and you weren't a teacher, so you had no reason to read them. But I read them because I had to read what the kids were reading, right? And they're so good. So honestly, I would reread any of those children's books right now, again, today. I probably should start doing that. And I would encourage all of you adults to do the same thing. Go back to those childhood favorites, because I bet you would find new things and see them differently Oh, for through sure. adult eyes. You, oh, you would yes. probably even appreciate the books more. Mm-hmm. You know, one strategy I want to share is one that my mom used with me when I was little. She would find a chapter book that she knew I could read. So find a book that you think that, you know, the kid in your life could read, your grandkid, your your own child, but it might be a little bit of a stretch for them. So read the first few chapters out loud with them and then stop. Now you're suddenly too busy to read to them. They are going to have to pick it up and finish reading it themselves. That's how my mom got me to read like Dickens, for example. Like I read Oliver Twist when I was like nine (laughs) because she read me the beginning and then I was hooked. So get them hooked on these books that are a stretch for them and then they'll finish it themselves. I think that's the tactic my husband's used with me to get me to watch TV. I'm not a big TV watcher. Yeah. But lately he's like, oh, I found this TV show. I think you might like it. Let's sit down and watch it. And we'll get like four or five episodes in and then he's like, I'm done. (laughs) But Um, then you're hooked. I can't just stop. What happens? <laughs> right, right, right. So try that with your kids. Your kids will start reading books. And, and you know, you want to keep them reading just, just at the very edge of their comfort reading level. You know, you want to push them to grow as a reader. And if they're highly engaged, they will read those books that are hard for them. But I will say in adult fiction, I love historical fiction. I'm right now finishing up Ken Follett's Centuries Trilogy. It's a long long set of reading starts with World War One. We're now in the Cold War. So it's <laughs> wow. it's going on and on. But he's got some other books that, that I've enjoyed. I also love anything by Maeve Benchy. Have you read any of her books? I know her name, but like a, a title doesn't come to mind. I think she's Irish. A lot of her books are set in Ireland and just in, you know, in London. Her books are like old friends. I can go back to them over and over again. So but as I said, I can't pick any one favorite. There are too many good books. So it's a (laughs) non-answer. I have also read thousands of books. Yeah. And I'm not a rereader. I am. Well. I do. I always do. My memory is too good. I almost have a photographic memory. So the minute I pick up a book and I start reading the storyline, then I'm like, I've even bought, you know how they'll re-release books and put a new cover on it? And I'll yeah. be like, oh, I like that author. It's a new book. And I'll buy it because I don't remember <laughs> Same the title. Book. Yeah. And then I get the first chapter and I'm like, wait a minute. I know this book. And then I mm-hmm. thumped it halfway through and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes, I've already read this book. But see, I love reading a book knowing what's coming. I don't know. Like like watching, you know, what did we watch at the beach? We watched Pretty, Pretty Woman. Woman. See, watching a movie again. There are very few movies I'll watch more than one time. Okay. I have to really love it. I don't read all the books more than once, but if I love them, I will. Yeah. Well, here's a funny over. story about or fact about me. What? I tend to read the last chapter of a book first. Uh-huh. Because that's if funny. the last chapter is ridiculous. You don't want to read the whole book? I don't want to read the whole book. Oh my gosh, that's Especially so funny. if it's sad. If it does not have a good ending, I'm like, I why do I want to waste five hours to get to that ending? No. And I'll I just read put a the book, book down. recently, just like last week that was like that. And at the end, they, like, did not tie it up the way it should have been. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pretend it ended, like, this other way. Because that (laughs) (laughs) – 
it was, I like mysteries too. Yes. You know, and this, it was a suspense book. I think it might have been called Verity or something, but the wife was like faking that she was in this, you know, whatever. They left some loose ends that made me angry. Now, like suspense or mystery, I will not read the ending first. Okay. Because I want to figure it out as I'm reading. Right. But if it's like, you know, a, a modern novel, drama, love story, especially love stories, I have to read the end. That's like so if the funny. couple doesn't stay together, I don't want to read their story. <laughs> I only want the happy ending. <laughs> I get it. I'm still mad about Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, why did I sit through this nonsense? It's, this is terrible. I didn't know it had a bad ending. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well... The one book, like when somebody ever says, like, what's your favorite book? I will always come back to a book called Garden Spells. It's probably not that well known. I've never heard of it. Well, she's got several books. The author released several books. Then she got breast cancer. And she's only released one book, I think, since she had breast cancer. She really slowed her writing down after that. But anyways, her name is Sarah Addison Allen. And Garden Spells was her first published book. And it's just one of those books, I don't know, when I read it, it just... I don't know. It brought me so much joy to read it. And it, I said, I don't read anything fantasy, but it is a little like magical folklore meets supernatural. It's all kind of told with some Southern charm and some romance set in a small town in North Carolina. So my friend she was a big reader, and she belonged to some book club where they'd send her the hardbacks every month. And so she was oh, like, hey. I remember those. Yeah. She's yeah. like, hey, I've got this book. You want to read it? And I said, what's it about? And she kind of told me. And I was like, I don't think that's my kind of book. And she's like, no, you have to read it. So I said, all right, fine. So I took it. And then I was just obsessed. I think I read it all in one sitting. So it's about two sisters in North Carolina, and they reunite. They've gone their separate ways very different sisters. They reunite, and it's just about them, like, healing old wounds and learning more about each other under the branches of a magical apple tree. Like, the apple tree will throw fruit. Okay. See, I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't sound like my kind of book, but I trust you, Sherry, so I'm going to read that. There's also (laughs) just some fun stuff in there. Like, there's a girl that bakes, and she bakes with, like, edible flowers, and they have special powers, like depending on what you bake with, you can make people feel in love or whatever. So that was interesting. And there is a whole real world of people who cook and bake with flowers. Edible flowers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was like new to me. And I had, of course, you know me, I hear something and I'm like, is that real? And then I have to go research it. But anyways, it was just, I just loved the book. It made me so happy. And it just it's just a feel-good book, and it just— We all need that I don't. Right I'm now. very much a realist, and so it, it was really good for my brain to kind of go into that magical fantasy land a little bit and kind of explore the what-ifs a little bit. So I've gone on to read all of her other books as well. I really, really enjoyed her second book, too. So anyway, Sarah Addison Allen, Garden Spells is the number one, and it's just fun. It's a fun, light read. Well, I like books like that. That's why I've gotten bogged down in the Centuries trilogy, because it's, like, heavy. (laughs) You know, because we're getting into, you know, like, assassinations and the whole war, all that. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's historical fiction. Okay. Which means that, you know, like, Martin Luther King is in there in the part that I'm reading now, and Kennedy, we're in the Kennedy years. Okay. And, you know, all the things that are going on then. And so, you know, characters die, and 
But I've really learned a lot. I like to learn about, I mean, and I don't know how much of it is, but I mean, really, even a history book is still a, a bit of historical fiction, if you think about it well, that way, because it's a told through someone's lens, exactly, right? So. Exactly. And I never enjoyed <laughs> history in school at all. I mean, like, in college, I took history to 1867, because it's what I'd already been taught in grade school and high school, you know, and I didn't really want to Learn something new. Learn something new. I was like, I already know that. It'll be easy. I'll just take that one. I really do not know a lot about modern history or the world wars or any of that. I mean, that sounds really ignorant, but it just was not interesting to me. But I have learned as I've gotten older that I love a good historical fiction book right. that does a good job of explaining history because what yes. I like about history is not the political events. Right. It's, it's the, the people. people. It's the stories of people and their struggle and their life. The part about World War II, this book is told from the, the point of all these different families. It's got a family in Russia and a family in England, a family in the United States, a German family. And so they're going through all these different, you know, like I didn't really know anything about World War One, not much about it, but you really understand what's going on and, you know, like the Bolshevik Revolution and what was going on over there in Russia. And like, for example, the German people, you know, they were our, you know, enemies in World War Two. So we've, you know, got this, what we've been told in school. But, you know, then there were the Germans who were like, also like, what is happening? You know, they were also... The German people, you mm-hmm. don't really even think about it from the point of view of the good people who lived there. They were that victims. were also, yes, victims yes, of the, the bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, how they were treated in their own country and, and how hard it was to fight against the regime, uh-huh. you know, Hitler's regime. And, and people were not just like, yeah, this is awesome. They weren't, you know, and, and you don't even really think about that. We've just been raised. These were our enemies. These were our allies. And it's so much more complex than just right. German bad, England good, you know. Right. There's <laughs> a book that we're going to tell about here in a little bit that several people recommended, and I read it, and I learned so much about World War II history from that book. Right. Um, that was got me really more interested in diving a little bit deeper into the history of of the world wars. So we asked our community to share their favorites, their must-read fiction, and we got a lot of great suggestions. We don't know how much we're going to be able to get to today. This could end up being a two-part. I don't know. We'll see <laughs> how it goes. Heidi from New Mexico shares two historical fiction titles. One is A Gentleman in Moscow. It's the story of a man who's faced with a life he never wanted, but discovers joys and friendships in the midst of it. Gorgeously written and unforgettable. One of the best books I've ever read, and I read over 100 a year, and that was Heidi talking. And then she also recommends News of the World by Paulette Giles. This one is set in the years after the Civil War, and a veteran who travels around reading newspapers is tasked with returning a young girl who'd been taken by Native Americans after her family was killed back to her relatives. It is a page-turning adventure with heart, now a film with Tom Hanks. And she says the film was fine, but the book is so much better. And aren't they all? That's always true. Always true. So I'm like, that's not what happened. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So those were two. Thank you from Heidi. All right. So Linda recommends a book called I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. 
She said this young adult fiction will appeal to any reader. It's a timeless but older story set in the 1930s and written in the 1940s. It's an exploration of sisters, young love, weird stepmothers, and finding the possibilities in life when there seem to be none. You'll fall in love with the narrator, Cassandra, and all the other characters in this charming book. And then another historical fiction that she recommends is The Worst Hard Time by Timothy Egan. She said, this historical fiction is deeply researched and scholarly, but also deeply readable. If, like me, you have family who wandered west during the Depression, this book will make their experiences seem much more real for you. See, that's the kind of historical fiction I love. Mm-hmm. You really can feel like you understand the time better. Right. From the Versus the way that it was taught in school. So when I was a teacher, I tried to teach history in a way that made it interesting and the kids, like, related to it. Right. And then they loved it. They loved mm-hmm. social studies when they yeah. learned it that way. Yeah, when all it is is dates and memorizations and the important people in the – that's not appealing to a kid. No, but it's stories. It's people. Right. And when you understand these are people – like, whenever we were studying a historical time, I would read historical children's fiction that went along with it. And then they were always so much more interested. Yeah. And it hooked them. All right, Viv from Bama has a satire slash humor fiction title called Lamb, the Gospels as Told by Biff, Christ's Childhood Pal. Now, I've never heard of that one. No. <laughs> have you heard of I that have not. I have not. Viv says, this book is a humorous take on the childhood of Jesus Christ from the point of view of Biff, his childhood best friend. As someone who was scared of church from bad experiences and who is now spiritual with no true affiliation, this book actually made me love the idea of Jesus and found him relatable. So Viv says, spirituality is often taken too seriously, and this book brings it into a lighthearted, laugh-out-loud point of view. Not for those who are easily offended, but if you can open your mind, it's a brilliant, well-written read. That sounds very interesting. It does. I think Viv might be my massage therapist. I really? Yeah, when I saw that pop up, I was like, huh, I wonder if that's her. I think that's Viv. (laughs) Well, I love that that made her, she's had bad experiences in her life, and I think all of us know someone who's had a bad church experience, Mm -hmm. you know. I've been to a lot of churches, and I've had great church experiences and not so great church experiences. And so, you know, I could see that you want to have like a welcoming Mm -hmm. back in in this book. I could do that for someone. Yeah. So Stacy Downs from Texas, she shares a modern novel that she says covers real-life events. It's called American Dirt by Janine Cummins. She says, this book tells the story of a family in Mexico whose life was changed by violence from the cartels. The book follows a mother and her young son as they try to leave Mexico in hopes of finding safety in America, all while hiding from the cartel. It was very eye-opening to know that stories just like this are happening every day. Yeah. You know, you can have fiction that tells a story in a way that makes you feel more, I think, open and inspired to learning more about darker subjects that you may not really be inspired to learn about. You know, life's hard. So a lot of us, I'm guilty of this. I'm like, oh, that looks depressing. I'm not going to read that. But if you tell it in a way, kind of like history, where you learn about the people involved, it just changes the whole script. History is people. Yes. It's people. It's the story of people and the mistakes that we've made. I mean, all history is just nothing but a lot of mistakes that we made. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. 
So Ross from Australia shares a historical fantasy series called All Souls Trilogy by Deborah Harkness. She said, this is a historical fantasy series written by a professor of history. The details are fascinating and accurate and draws on her extensive knowledge, which gives the book a ring of authenticity. Ross says, I'm a librarian, so I question and fact check everything I read. It's also been made into a TV series, which is very good and takes the name from the first book, Discovery of Witches. Have you ever heard of that? Ooh, that sounds interesting. I have not ever heard of that. So, you know, honestly, not a single one of these books that anyone has mentioned so far have I heard of or read yet. Mm-hmm. Not one, not even the one you said. Well, you know, bookstores are kind of like Facebook in that they show you what they want you to see. That's true. You know, that's what they put out on the end caps yeah. and in the center mm-hmm. aisle. Right? Oh, and I've learned a lot about how all that works. And it's very hard to get into bookstores, even if you have a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Let me just say. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why we wanted to do this episode is because yeah. kind of like our Facebook community, people come to us for questions, you know, about all things life. And one of the things people come and ask is like, I'm going on a trip. I'm going to have three days by myself. I need some good books to read. And, you know, people are constantly making recommendations of things that other people have never heard of. And I think there's a whole world out there that is not shoved in our face right. by marketers and advertisers and all of that. Yep. Very true. And word of mouth is the best way. I think so. You know, if you read something and you tell a friend about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Connie tells us a book called The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. I feel like I might have read something by Kate Quinn before. I don't know. That name might sound familiar. She says, in this historical fiction about World War II, we read about the importance of British women who are trained. Oh, I think I might have read this. They're trained to break German military codes. There's romance and suspense. You're trying to identify a traitor that combine to make this a truly enjoyable read. No, I haven't read it. <laughs> no. Everybody's getting my stream of consciousness here. It reminds me of a TV show or a movie or something that I saw one time. That made me, th- I was like, oh, wait, but no, no, it was a movie. So that sounds really good. See, I would like that. It does sound good. That sounds fun. I would like that a lot. The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. I'll have to look it up. So this next book had a really strong impact on so many of our community members. It was our most recommended book. It's the one I mentioned earlier. Larissa, Tiffany, Tessie, Mary, and Kathy all shared The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Have you read it, Jen? I haven't, but um, it's going on my must-read list. Okay, Make that your must-read. Yep. So this historical fiction is set in war-torn France during World War II, and Larissa wrote, The book follows two sisters during World War II as they cope with Nazis living in their home and helping the resistance movement against the Nazis. It is a beautiful story of sisterhood, courage, and perseverance in the midst of a horrific time in history. Tiffany added, this book is a look into motherhood, sisterhood perspectives. It has strong female characters, and it's powerfully written. And... Mary said, this is one of the first I read and my favorite of the many, many books of this genre that I have read over the years. This book inspired an obsession I cannot quench. I just need to know more. So if you have not read this one yet, I would grab yourself a copy. I actually listened to this one on Audible, and I was just obsessed with it. Really? I was actually, I remember I was working at this one hospital, and... In between patients, I'd put my headphones back in and listen to some more. And okay, like well, I just couldn't stop listening. And I learned so much in that book. And it was just a beautifully told story. And yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's a great book. Okay, well, that's going right on my list. Finally, a book that I have read. 
Joanne from England shares a story of suspense called Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. And this is a classic. I read this a long, long time ago, and, and I've read it multiple times. I should See, read this I've one again. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Rebecca? No. Oh, it's good. You totally need to read it. It is totally a classic, but it's good. Joanne says, I've read this book many times, and each time it feels like the first. I would agree with that. It's a carefully crafted tale of suspense, yet the start tricks you into thinking it's a romance. It's been adapted into films, the Hitchcock one clearly being the best, and a brilliant play. But the book is always the best. It may be an old book, but it will always be my favorite. Yeah. 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 So good. Yeah. Okay. And I think there might be a sequel to it. I think it has a sequel. Okay. Well, Faith from Florida, she shares The Magic Strings of Frankie Presto by Mitch Album. And I know that author's name, but I've never heard this book. Didn't he write Tuesdays with Maury or something? Maybe so, yeah. She said, it's a story of a man and his guitar, how music is woven through his life and all the lives he touches. In a sort of Forrest Gump way, he encounters Little Richard, Elvis Presley, Hank Williams, and others. It is a beautiful story about how love and loss affect people and how our interactions with others have an impact. It truly is my favorite book in the world, and as an avid reader, I've read thousands— I'm also a retired middle school librarian. I just wish everyone would read this incredibly beautiful book because it will stay in your heart forever. I actually don't think that's the same guy who, I think it was, that was Mitch Abram or was it, is that the same guy? I don't know. I'll have to I don't know. Up. I'm not sure. I feel like the last name is different. Nope. It's by him. It is? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He wrote Tuesdays with Maury. Okay. I had his name, and I probably said it wrong in my head then, the Mitch guy, Mitch Album. I didn't yeah. think that was his last name. I think in my head I was reading his Abram. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, all right. So Wendy Waters recommends The Midnight Library. This fantasy is about a young woman who is having some struggles in her life. She's not living the life she dreamed of. And with one more disappointment, she decides she doesn't want to live anymore. The Midnight Library gives her the opportunity to see what her life would look like if she had made different choices along the way. And Wendy says, I thought so much about the main character, Nora. She beautifully showed readers lots of perspectives and the value of relationships. I think others will like it because it's well-written. The hero of our story is relatable and likable. It's thought-provoking and such an interesting way to look at choices in life. You know, I think that would resonate with a lot of people because haven't we all— wondered if we'd have made different choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like when I was going off to college, I was either going to be a teacher or an interior designer. That was, Those were my two choices. My grandmother was an interior designer. I love home design. I went and met with interior design people, and I was, what path should I take? And I often thought, what if I'd gone the other way? Right. But there's so many choices like that we all could go back to, mm-hmm. you know, in the path of what if we had chosen the Something other thing. Something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delphina wants to share a book called The Kite Runner. I don't know. I'm going to say his name is Khalid Husseini. The story of a man who regrets some things he did when he was a kid, and he goes back to Afghanistan to try to find forgiveness. It's a story of the unlikely friendship between a wealthy boy and the son of his father's servant. It covers betrayal, redemption, and a look at the powerful relationship of fathers and sons. And I feel like, was this made into a movie, maybe? I'm not sure if it was a movie. I've definitely heard of it, but I haven't read it. Okay. 
So I'll have to look at that one. I'm I'm really getting my whole reading list right here. I'm so excited. <laughs> so Debbie recommends The Sweeney Sisters by Leon Dolan, I think. This book is about the dynamics around sister relationships and families when a death happens, as well as a DNA mystery sister. It's a great storyline with a character that everyone can relate to in their own family, especially sister relationships. That sounds that like sounds it could good. be fun. Yeah, it does. Everybody likes a mystery DNA sister to pop yeah. into the story. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon from Denver shares A Woman is No Man. It's a historical fiction story of a woman in an arranged marriage and the trials she goes through because of this. It was very eye-opening to me, the idea of being stuck in a situation with no real way out. I read it in the middle of COVID when I was feeling sorry for myself. And this book really put my life and freedoms in perspective. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, I'm sure that was an impactful time to read that book. Yep. Tessie from Texas recommends The Downstairs Girl by Stacy Lee. She says, This coming-of-age novel is part historical fiction, part mystery. It's set in the 1890s in Reconstruction-era Atlanta, Georgia. It's the story of an Asian girl who lives in the basement of one of the wealthiest men in Atlanta as a maid. She secretly challenges society's ideals on race and gender and privilege while she simultaneously searches for answers about her own past. You know, I love stories set here in the South, Mm -hmm. you know, the places are familiar, learning a little more about our history. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I actually, this book sounded interesting, so I looked it up, and there's a lot of, like, mystery and intrigue, it sounds like, in this book. So I put this on my list. Well, Kristen from New Hampshire recommends The Snowflower and The Secret Fan. She said, I love historical fiction, especially Asian historical fiction. This book talks about the customs of foot binding and how mothers would bind the feet of their young daughters to make their feet tiny like a little lotus flower. The tinier their feet, the more worthy they would be to a potential husband. It was a very interesting read, and it was interesting to learn about a difficult culture and their traditions. I really loved this book and the characters in it. So, yeah, I know that's a controversial practice. Oh, yeah. But it's deeply embedded in Asian culture. That sounds like a good one, too. Lydia recommends Before We Were Yours. This New York Times bestseller, while fiction, is based on a horrific true story that took place in Tennessee. For decades, and especially through to the Depression, a woman ran the Tennessee Children's Home Society, an adoption agency. This woman stole newborn babies from hospitals by having the hospital staff tell the mothers their babies died during childbirth. I swear to God, I think that happened in Augusta. I mean, she said it was a horrific true story that took place in Tennessee. That also happened in Augusta. I'm sure it happened in a lot of places. There was somebody that did that here. It's like famous here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she would have children walking home from school kidnapped, especially if they appeared poor. She then sold these children to rich and famous couples who were looking to adopt. The families never knew what happened to them. As an adoptee from the Children's Home Society in a neighboring state, the story felt really close to home. Lisa Wingate tells a marvelous fictional story of the lives of some of these children that will have you hooked from page one. She even wrote a kind of sequel where she interviewed surviving family members who lost loved ones and a few of the children who were separated from their families and sold. Can't recommend this book enough. So funny enough, right after I received that last recommendation, the very next book recommendation was for a book called The Prayer Box, and it was also by the author Lisa Wingate. Okay. And I'd never even heard of this author. 
And she says, the prayer box is about a young woman renting a cottage who is tasked with cleaning out the house of her landlord when she dies. She finds 81 prayer boxes that have letters about the landlord's life from her early years to the present. That sounds good, too. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a new author to follow now that I can read again. (laughs) (laughs) Janet has a recommendation for a mystery book series called Chet and Bernie by Spencer Quinn. The first book is called Dog on it. I guess that's a play on dog on uh-huh. it. Dog on it. This is going to sound strange, but the dog is the narrator of the stories. No, he is not a talking dog. <laughs> All right. So he just tells it from his little doggy point of view. Our cats talk. Do your, do your dogs talk? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. They talk all the time. <laughs> Ellie's got a mouth on her. <laughs> Bernie is a down-on-his-luck detective, and Chet is his partner. As Chet puts it, they have a very successful detective agency, except for their finances, because their finances are a mess. These books have been my happy place for the last couple of years. I love mysteries, and these books are so funny. And if you're a dog lover, I think you'll enjoy them. And even if you're not a dog lover, they don't have to be read in order. Also, if you have Audible, the narrator does a wonderful job. Those sound fun. So Sue wants to recommend the Mercedes thompson series it's urban fantasy written by patricia briggs she wrote mercy is a coyote shapeshifter who solves paranormal mysteries werewolves vampires and other fae that means fairies i think is that what that fae i think that means fairies f-a-e yep i'm like did i type that wrong no okay i think it's fairies or just i think you're probably right fantasy things that's what (laughs) abound Yeah, It's total escapism with a relatable kick-ass heroine. I love urban fantasy because it has nothing to do with real-life problems. I don't need to read a book that makes me cry. I want my books to distract me. So Pam from Texas recommends the historical fiction The Master Butcher's Singing Club by Louise Erdrich. This is the story of Fidelis, his journey from Germany to the U.S., and the marvelous people he meets who become his family and community. The Master Butcher's Singing Club. I'm intrigued just because I of know. the title. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it, Sherry. I can't believe we got through them. I was like, we're not going to get through all these, but we did it. Oh, well, we have this one last one to share. Okay. We're going to, though. We're going to get we through We are going to get through it. The book that she shares is Do Not Say We Have Nothing by Madeline Thine. Thine. T-H-I-E-N. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It was published in 2016, and it's a critically acclaimed novel about a 10-year-old girl and her mother who invite a Chinese refugee into their home. It is extremely well-written, informative, and heartbreaking. It is a gem of a book that more people really need to know about. Sounds like a good one. So thank you, everyone, who shared with my new summer reading list, although summer's over. <laughs> my fall reading list. <laughs> When we did movies, everybody wanted to know whether or not there was a list of the movies, and I did not create a list of the movies at that time, but I will go ahead and create a list of these books. Thank you. And I will put them. It'll be in the show notes or or on our website. Well, I was actually going to put them on our Facebook page. Okay. Well, what about people who are not on Facebook like me? Well, Jen, okay. Why don't you put them in the show notes? I'll put them in show notes. Okay. Okay. Then everybody can listen when they're not on Facebook or read them if they're not on Facebook okay. like me. All right. Jen won. 
They'll be in show notes. (laughs) Everyone thanks you. (laughs) So before we get to the lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. On episodes 25 and 26 of this podcast, we were fortunate enough to be able to sit down with the girlfriend doctor, Anna Kabeca. We discussed all things pre- and post-menopause, as well as pelvic health, sexual health, and increased vitality for women. If you haven't listened yet, I urge you to go back and listen. In the podcast, she does a great job of explaining what is going on in a woman's body throughout her life, both hormonally and physically. She provided a lot of great information sharing different lab tests that women should ask for to determine where they fall on the menopause timeline, as well as what can be done about it. Many women can't or do not want to take oral hormones during this time in their life, but they want to feel energetic, free from mood swings and hot flashes, and they want to still have an active and healthy sex life. Dr. Kabeca has developed over-the-counter solutions for women from vitamins to health supplements to her balance cream, a peptide-enriched natural progesterone cream that can be used to support balanced hormones for women both pre- and post-menopausal. The balance cream uses natural progesterone identical to what your body produces. It can help balance hormones and mood, strengthen bones, it aids your body's response to stress, and it works as an excellent anti-aging cream. Then there's also my favorite product, the Jolva Cream, which helps you restore your confidence and revive your sex life with an all-natural gynecologist-created feminine cream. So if you want to learn more about this, you can visit lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the Shop With Us tab to learn more about her products under the heading of Dr. Quebeca. Everything she's got is fabulous. I just love her. Yeah, I know. I would love to have her come back on the show and chat with us. You know, I'm sure that she would love to. I'm actually having her on intermittent fasting stories I know. soon. Um, she's going to talk about fasting and her own fasting story. So I'm excited about that. So next, we have a segment that we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today, we have a few grocery shopping hacks from some of the ladies in the Facebook group. Lori says, before I go grocery shopping, I snap a picture of what's inside the fridge and pantry shelves. That way, when I get there, I can pull up the pictures on my phone and I don't end up with a fourth bottle of ranch dressing. Now, that is a great idea. In my house, it's barbecue sauce. Yeah, we like barbecue sauce, too. (laughs) I do love barbecue sauce. (laughs) Remember, I'm (laughs) cleanish. Karen says, I have a small dry erase board on the side of my refrigerator. As we run out or become low on items, we add it to the list. I take a picture before heading to the store. It's the only thing that seems to work consistently for our entire family. And Shanna says, my husband and I are both logged into my Walmart account on our phones. When we notice we run out of something, whoever finds it adds it to the pickup list. Once we have $35 worth, we submit it for a pickup. It's like a running list, basically, and you don't have to think about what you need when you submit your list. That's a really good idea. Just keep a running Mm -hmm. list. And, you know, I haven't yet done a pickup list, but... I have done pickup at Walmart before. I haven't done them anywhere. I mean, they have them a lot of places now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have really enjoyed it when I was working. Right. As something, you know, now, like, going to the store and wandering around is a little more fun. I don't know. I'm, like, out of the house. (laughs) That sounds sounds crazy, but I don't mind going every now and then. Chad loves to shop, so he mainly does it, but I don't mind going as much. But that sounds like a really convenient way to... So neither my husband nor I like to shop. So I can tell you what would happen. If you got to $29 and you were out of something, 
neither one of us would add it because if you added it and it got to 35 and it was your job to submit it, you'd have to go pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, Chad loves to go pick stuff up. He will run errands all day long. (laughs) I need a Chad in my life. You do. He will do that all day long. (laughs) We need to be neighbors. I could have him do my shopping too. I I could keep him out of your hair. He would do it. He would do your shopping. (laughs) So at the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. And today's quote comes from Tessie in Texas. The quote is from Pablo Picasso. And it is, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Tessie wrote, this quote makes me really think about what gifts I have, which ones I have yet to give away. And also, what gifts have I yet to discover? Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, it's never too late, right? You know, I'm sitting here at the age of 52 with an entirely different career mm-hmm. and life than I was having, what, five years ago. And it's because I took a brave step and self-published my first book. Maybe the first brave step is when I started my first Facebook support group back in, you know, August of 2015. And the point I'm making is it's never too late no, to start over with something new and you find your passion. Right. And I'm so glad that I found my gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and even looking back on my life, I came from a place of struggle for so many years. And when I finally broke free of that struggle, I was able to share gifts that I didn't have available to share right. prior to that. So, yeah, it is never too late. It really isn't. So, listeners, you know, if you're stuck in a rut and feeling like you need to do something different, what is your gift? What do you love to do? What have you are you yet to discover? I love the way Tessie wrote mm-hmm. that. What have you yet to discover? It's not too late. So, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we would love for you to leave a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast as well. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.